So a good follow-up question for me to ask after having heard you say all that, what are just one or two things that somebody can do having been exposed to complex trauma that they can start teaching their brain? Um, You turn off, you turn on, but there's such a disconnect because they're just so reactive all the time. So how do we help train our brain to calm down so it can turn on? So we can learn these new coping skills. So your brain over that long period of time in childhood created pathways that get to survivor brain pretty quickly. And so in order to, you you have to retrain your brain. It took years for your brain to get there. It's going to take time and relationship. This part of your brain turns off when you feel safe. And so as practitioners, as survivors, safety, whether it's psychological or physical, has to be key. Creating safe environments and creating safe relationships. And so people think going to a therapist for a couple of months and taking some medication will work. But what research has found is long-term safe relationships that are predictable. Predictability equals safety. Anytime they feel unsafe, survivor brain is going to turn on. So if you're a practitioner, you've got to create a safe space for them. So one mental health center, for instance, only about 35 to 40 percent of new clients showed up for their appointment. So it's new clients who've never been to their center would show up for their appointment. If I don't know what's going to happen, if I don't know you, If I don't know where to go, that makes me feel unsafe. So this community mental health center, once they got the new referral, the receptionist would call and talk to the client. And then they would send an email to the client with a picture of the receptionist's face. Here's who I am. And it's a smiling face. And then they would send pictures of here's the parking lot. And here's our front door. And this is what the inside of our lobby looks like. So it takes the unknown away. Unknown equals unsafe. If I don't know what's going to happen, if I don't know where to go, if I don't know who to talk to, then I'm probably not going to show up because it's going to make me feel unsafe. And so now that they know where to park and they know what the front door looks like and they know who they need to see when they get in there and they'll send them a picture of the therapist as well. What do you think happens for those new clients? They went from... 45% showing up to 95% showing up just by creating safety. And so in talking to survivors and talking to providers, it takes you creating a safe space for these survivors and you have to spend lots of quality time with them. They have to see that you're genuine. They have to see that you care and they have to see that you're with them for the long haul. We cannot expect to overcome 18 years of trauma in two months or six months. They have had so many people in their life leave them. The people are leaving because they're seeing all these behaviors and they're seeing all this stuff. And so what they've seen is people leaving. And so we've got to stick with them through all of this. And we will see them improving when they start feeling safe. You're going to see manipulative behavior. You'll see them lying. You'll see them stealing. You'll see all of those 
types of behaviors because they're trying to his survival brain is, is turned on. And so the goal would be to try to help them meet those needs in some other way. The goal would be to help them feel safe and to help them feel like they belong, going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and to be consistent in their life. Um, I think uh, Bruce Perry is the one that said it best. You can give them all the therapy in the world. You can give them all the medication in the world. But if they don't have lasting loving relationship in their lives that's consistent then they're probably not going to get better and so when i think about children in foster care that have bounced from place to place to place to place and they've had 10 different social workers and they've been in all these different facilities that's really one of the challenges for them and for for that organization is the trauma is causing all the behaviors that we're seeing that impacts them being able to stay in a place stably and, and not bouncing back and forth and then they're being released from custody without ever having those relationships and it's and it's that vicious cycle that they find themselves in because the kids aren't going to get better until we can find them stable relationships with the people that they can trust and the foster parents unfortunately sometimes can't keep them because of the behaviors like if they're getting kicked out of school or things like that the foster parents risk losing their jobs so unfortunately, sometimes they, they have to ask the kids to leave. And so the, the system has to find a different way for some of these kids to have that one person in their life that's consistent, that goes wherever it is they're going. If they're bouncing all over foster care, what can the foster care program do to provide that one consistent relationship? That's not really the social worker relationship because the social worker has too much stuff going on. They have too many cases to spend the quality time because it takes quality time and these kids are not nobody is spending quality time with them because like taking them to the movies and taking them shopping and doing all the things that a parent would typically do they're not they're not getting quality time with anybody they're being seen they're in a group home but they're not getting that one-on-one -on -one love and quality time and attention and so there's um, there's a foster care program in Wisconsin called A New Family Services, and um, they're a contract organization. And they figured this out and realized this several years ago. They have a permanency um, specialist that that person's job, they have only six children on their caseload, and their job is to go and spend quality time with those children. And what that does with those children that are they're bouncing all over the state, but this person goes wherever the kid is placed once or twice a week it, it's a lot of money in travel but it but it saves money over time because this person is going wherever the kid goes and is spending a couple of hours a day what would you be doing if you were a parent you're helping them with their homework you're taking them to the movies you are talking to them you're mentoring them you are mirroring for them appropriate coping skills in difficult situations and the amazing thing is, before they implemented this program, that um, contract agency only had 35% permanency rates for kids, meaning that the kids they worked with, only 35% of them reached permanency where they were adopted or reunified with family. Here, these are the kids that have 20 and 30 and 40 places in foster care and have lingered in foster care and have not been able to achieve permanency because of their complex trauma. What they have seen is within a 24-month period of implementing this, those children are reaching permanency at 75%. These are not therapists that are doing therapy with the kids. They're, spend, they're just spending time with the kids, building a relationship with the kids. And it's working.
And so sometimes I think we have this idea that it's got to be a lot of fancy programs and it's got to be a lot of medications. It's got to be really expensive. But in that particular program, it was $20,000 per kid, and that's per year. So for $40,000 in two years, they were getting permanency rates that were the best in the country. And it's just by hiring some people who really love kids, who knew how to teach some coping skills. They're not doing deep therapy with these kids, but what they're doing is creating safety so that the thinking part of your brain can come on, and they're modeling coping skills when they're with the kids and the kids are learning it and they're the kids defenses are coming down and they're learning to trust again and when the defenses come down and their survival brain turns off they're able to build relationships and it's through relationships that we learn through relationships that we that we thrive and so it's it, it's an amazing program um, to see and it's i think it's pretty simple to implement as practitioners and helpers, we need to understand that it takes a long time. Though. They were reaching permanency in 18 to 24 months, which is a long time. If we expect this to work in two months, we're not going to see the results that we want. If we expect it to work in six months, we're not going to see. Sometimes it takes four to six months of us building a rapport and a relationship for them to finally trust us enough to start opening up. And that's when we want to start discharging people. So we've got to start looking at complex trauma a little differently and realizing that it takes a long time for those clients. We're discharging them before they can reach that place where they can trust again. And so it's just kind of that just kind of perpetuates the, the, the cycle and you know, because it's difficult for them to in the beginning to, to form those relationships.